Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, oh hey, my hey. goodness. We're going to have fun tonight, Brian. Yes, we're gonna, sir. Yes, we're going to talk about something that a lot of people are dealing with right now. And, Brian, I can tell you, it's storming outside here in Tallahassee. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> but you know what, Brian? There's also It's also storming in somebody else's house right now, too. Mm-hmm. And the sun is shining, but it's still storming. And I'm not talking about the weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Greg, I'm, it's interesting. You know, when we came up for uh, with the idea of this show... I likened it to, this, you know, we have the storm, we have that hurricane that's, that just hit Texas, and, you know, we, our hearts go out to those people out there. We hope that everybody is found safe and sound and, you know, as little damage as possible to their homes and to their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can recall the floods that were in Iowa last month and most of this month early, and, you know, just tornadoes and stuff that are going on, all these fires and forest fires and wildfires. Just all the devastating weather patterns that have been, you know, going on. The typhoon that hit over in the um, in Asia. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all these devastating weather patterns, and they're not much different than, you know, they these particular weather patterns can change lives in an instant. Mm-hmm. And they're not much different to the way that we live our lives. So many people live their lives like a devastating weather pattern, where in an instant. Their lives can go from good to bad and from bad to worse. Mm-hmm. You know, but the good part about it is that their lives can also go from bad to good. Yes. You know, and so tonight I think we're gonna we're gonna hit some interesting and you know, I think real relevant topics concerning the storms of life. Yes. Brian, you know what? Somebody somewhere right now is receiving the phone call that none of us ever want to receive. Some of us are received. Somebody somewhere, Brian, is suffering tonight. But also, Brian, on the other side of that, somebody else is, was just named a millionaire. Somebody's dream has come true today. But then again, another person's life is in shambles because of something that happened. Some type of storm happened in their life. Brian, I remember... A while back on one of our shows, we were talking with a young lady, and she talked about the being molested and raped at a very young age, and even into her uh, teen years, and and then to in in her marriage, and you know, it's just you just always thinking, well, when will this storm stop for some people? But I believe right. some of us were born to be fighters. Mm-hmm. I, I really do believe that. But, Brian, what do you do when that storm is there and you're in the middle of this storm and you want to give up? What do you do? You know, Greg, I want to talk about, before I ask that question, I want to talk about, you know, and, I, and I'm going to liken this to just a, being just a meteorologist, to be a weather, you know, weatherman or a weather person, you know, try to be politically correct here. You know, but I want to liken this whole concept to that of a meteorologist, where the first thing they do is they forecast the weather. 
you know, when you go on TV and you watch the weather forecasters, what they're doing is they're tracking where this storm is occurring. And so many people, they see this storm coming, and they try to stand there and withstand the storm. You know, so you got to be a forecaster. You got to know that the storm is on its way. You have to know that that storm is out there somewhere. You know, the, just like the people who were preparing for the the hurricane to hit just recently. You know, I think it hit today at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. But the, just like those people, there were some people who did not leave. There were some people that did not leave. They stood there and they felt like what they had was more valuable than their lives and that they were going to ride out this storm, you know, mm-hmm. and that they weren't going to do anything to to move out of the path of the storm. Most people got in their cars and they took off to the next county, city, whatever, you know. But the first thing you have to do is forecast that storm. You've got to know where that storm is headed. And if it's headed toward you, you know, then you have to do the other thing is prepare. Yes. You know, you got to prepare for that storm when it's coming. And, Brian, you know what? We were warned a long time ago at the beginning of time that trials and tribulations are going to come. Mm-hmm. Storms are going to come. And, Brian, you know what? A lot of times we're dealing with the forecaster of our storms. We're dealing with them, and we think that they are our friends. We don't, we don't realize that the forecaster, the enemy, is walking in our house. He's on our jobs, and sometimes, Brian, he's in your marriage. See, some people love to cause storms. Some people love to stir up stuff. And we have to realize and figure out, okay, is this person a forecaster, or is this person my friend? Why would right. someone come inside your home, Brian, and say things and start up, stir up stuff between a husband and wife or, or to try to destroy a family or, tr- or someone on your job is trying to take your livelihood away from you? Right. We have to be mindful and we have to be crafty enough to figure out, okay, is this a forecaster coming? <laughs> what kind of storm is this person bringing? And, Brian, you know if that person is a forecaster or not. But the sad thing about it, Brian, we're so used to that person being in our life. We're so used to them being there that a lot of the things, the hurtful things that they say, we tolerate it. Oh, oh they, yeah. didn't, they didn't really mean that. He didn't mean it. Or she didn't, she didn't mean it that way. And now you have one, the husband, one of the spouses taken up. But the wrongdoing of this person now is causing, is causing strife and is separating the husband and the wife. You ever seen that, Brian? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the one thing that I, that I try to tell people, when you see a storm coming, you know, well, first of all, you have to, rec- you have to be able to recognize that storm. Yes, 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 you do. You know, be, and like, it's like this being a weather forecaster is not necessarily a bad, well, it's not a bad thing. You know, you see those people that are that are trying to forecast storms in your life. You need to listen to them. Because if you know that they're forecasting a storm, you need to hear what they're saying. You need to you need to understand what a storm is so that you can prepare for that storm. You know, it's like you don't prepare for a flood, 
by getting more water, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't prepare for a fire by getting matches. So you need to know how to prepare for that storm. So you have to know what that storm is. See, just like you don't prepare, it's like when you're, when you're going out for a fire, you don't, you don't fight fire with fire, you fight fire with water. Mm-hmm. So if you know somebody is coming your way and they're coming to bring foolishness into your, into your life, if they're coming to bring negativity into your marriage, you have to understand what they're doing. You have to be knowledgeable enough to know this person. It's like this. I tell all my married friends, if you're married, you need to hang around other married people. It's fine to have single friends. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have single friends. But the goal of your single friends is to eventually be married. If you're still hanging out with a bunch of single people, you're still longing to be single. <laughs> you know? And if all your friends, except for maybe one or two, are, are single, you know, it's like birds of a feather flock together. That means you're longing to be single and not married. And so you're going to live a lifestyle that's more single than it is married. Hmm. Right, you know? I'll say this. I'll say this. For it is written, some storms come for good or some come for bad. So you're right. All storms and all forecasters aren't bad. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that storm will come to uproot you and move you to a different home or a different place. Mm-hmm. But, but Brian, every time whatever a storm takes, it's replenished some kind of way. Oh, absolutely. Some, some, some kind of way. The people that lost a lot of the things they lost in New Orleans in that storm. Some of them are living better. Some of them are still hurting. That that hurt, you can never get past that. You can never get past that. You know, it's interesting you bring up New Orleans because that particular storm, uh, Hurricane Katrina, when it hit, it, it caught everybody off guard because most people believed that they were prepared for that storm. They had talked about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, well, not that many weeks, but they talked about it for a while as it was on its approach. Mm-hmm. It had already hit Florida, and it actually hit my hometown. It touched ground in my hometown, and it caused damage there. And so people had time to prepare for this storm. The one thing they did not know is where that storm was going to touch down next. And so I try to teach people, when you have a storm in your life, when you know the storm is coming but you don't know where it's going to hit, you've got to be prepared. You have to know what weapon to, to use to, get, you know, to, to fight that battle. You got to know which way to go to get out of the path of the storm. Or if you can't get out of the path, that's when you have to know what to use to ride out that storm. Mm. Brian, you know what? Storm jealousy is hitting right now. It hits all the time. <laughs> you have storm hate. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you, you have all these different types of storms, but also, Brian, you have that, that storm of love uh-huh. that will come and wipe all tears. That, that, that woman that's dealing with molestation, that woman that dealt with rape or that man that dealt with rape. And, Brian, you and I know we go into places where that's happened. Yes. We talk with kids that that has happened too. We talk with adults that can't see past today. They don't know if they're going to make it to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But, Brian, storm love is on the way, and we are the forecasters to tell them, you know what, love is coming. See, yeah. some forecasters can see things that other people can't see because a lot of times when you're in your valley and you're in your mess, you get blinded by what's around you. You can't see what's in front of you. So what will happen sometimes, Brian, is someone will intercede on your behalf. Someone is sent at all times when you're in your lowest point. Someone will come. That's never a time that someone doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, Brian, that's that storm is called love. You can see someone... Uh, that that will tell you, Brian. You know, if if you said something to me the other day that it lifted me up, I was thinking about suicide. I was thinking about doing this, or I was thinking about doing that. And so many times, Brian, when we talk with these kids, and they sit and they listen to us, that storm love is being done out of love. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, they don't really know how to receive that. Yes. They act out. You've, you've seen it. They act out. They A lot of times they're afraid of it. But once they figure out that, it is, that it's love, they open up. Yeah, once they figure out that it's real. Yes. You know, and that's the thing that's so compelling about a storm. Most people see those storms and they say, ah, that's not a big deal. I can ride through this. And once they weather that storm, that's no big deal. I've been through a storm before. I can go through another one again. You know, not realizing that that little small storm really wasn't a storm. It was sort of like a little sprinkle, a little shower, you know. Mm-hmm. But that the real storm, when it comes, you think you're prepared for it. You know, just like I say, the people in New Orleans, they, were, they weren't prepared for the aftermath of the storm. You see, mm-hmm. they, yes. weren't, they, weren't, they weren't prepared to ride out the storm. You know, and so because of their them not being prepared, you know, because they were unprepared for the the havoc that the storm wreaked, you know, then and afterwards. Now we have a whole different way at how we look at storms. Yes, and see, and that's what you have to do in your life when you go through a storm and you're on the bad end of that storm because maybe you hadn't prepared for that storm to come in your life, but let's say you lose your job. Well, you have to be prepared to lose your job because the one thing I know about a job is that, one, it's a just over broke. It's going to keep you just over broke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. But the other thing is that in, in businesses and industries nowadays, there is no such thing as company loyalty. The only thing the company is loyal to is their company. If you fit in the plans to help the company to grow and benefit, then you do, and you're part of that company loyalty. But once the company is strained and there's, you know, issues to keep the company afloat, they have to make tough decisions. And 
you don't always fit into those decisions and plans. So what are you doing to prepare for that storm of job loss? Mm. You know, I mean, mm. I have uh, people in my family who have uh, physical disabilities, you know, some from birth. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you prepared to deal with the physical ailment? How are you prepared to deal with maybe a child that is born that has a deformity or a physical or, you know, has some type of physical disease. Well, Brian, let me say this. The preparation you're talking about is the preparation of the mind. Absolutely. Preparation of the mind. You know, there's a storm out there that's called debt. There's another storm out there that's called foreclosure. Mm. There's another storm called <laughs> murder. There's another storm out there called stealing. And, Brian, all these storms are are happening as you and I talk right now. And it's robbing the home of someone or it's robbing homes at this very moment that we're talking right now. An act is being committed against someone. And we see these things and we see people losing their homes like never before. And, Brian, I can tell you, through my own storms, you have to, when a storm hits, you have to go for what you know. That's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You're going to pull from that foundation that you've been, that, 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 that sustains you. You're going to pull from that. Now, a lot of times, Brian, our, some of our foundations are good and some of them aren't so good. Mm-hmm. Some of them are the values are there and some of them aren't. So the ones that the values aren't there, Brian, that foundation will crumble. Right. But if that foundation is firm and you can pull from that thing, and then you, Brian, you remember grandmother uh, sitting there praying. You remember mm-hmm. if you if you grew up back in the day in in the and you went to the right house, you will see certain things. And, and when it happened to you, now all of a sudden you're doing the same thing, but you didn't understand it as a child. Right. Mama, why you make me do this? Mama, why you do this or that? Why you doing that? Just keep breathing. It's coming. And, Brian, this show is really is not just for the adults and the married people. This is for kids as well. Oh, yes. Brian, there's a storm out there called peer pressure. The dope man. The rapist. The pimp. The and ballers. Brian, yeah. <laughs> and, Brian, another and, and one of the most uh, powerful Storms out there is called storm negativity. Mm-hmm. See, negativity and, and, and positive thinking cannot be in the same place at the same time. One is always going to be a little bit stronger than the other. Oh. They cannot be in the same room at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, everything starts with an idea. Everything starts with an idea. You and I just left a business meeting. Very smart gentleman that we met with. Ideas. He had great ideas. It was a good conversation and a great meeting. Mm -hmm. Those ideas are no good without action. Oh, absolutely. And I say that to say this. When you see that storm, at some point a lot of people run, Brad. They run from it. At some point, you're going to have to say, you know what, I'm getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm Mm. tired of dealing 
and struggling with being raped and molested as a kid. I'm tired of being uh, used and abused or in a, in a relationship where you're being beaten, you're being mistreated. At some point, you're going to stand up to it and say, enough is enough. And, Brian, tonight can be that night. It all starts in the mind with our thinking and our thoughts. Yes, yes. You know, if you have a comment or a question that you want to chime in on our discussion about riding out the storm, our calling number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. And you know, Greg, it's just amazing. You know, and I go back to talking about the storm over in Texas and the storm back in uh, 2005 with Hurricane Katrina. Some people are still feeling the effects of the storm. Oh, yes. You know, and just like with the storms of life, some people, when they go through that storm, they still feel the effects of that storm. There were a lot of people who lost their lives in Louisiana and Mississippi and, and you know, in those areas that were affected. You know, and so with that being said, people are still affected by that. There are a lot of people who lost everything and came out with, you know, with nothing. They mm-hmm. still owe on their homes that they couldn't pay for, that the insurance couldn't pay for because they didn't have flood insurance. You know, or places that normally wouldn't flood, they would they didn't buy flood insurance and their places got flooded so they didn't get. So, you know, I say that to say this, when you're in those storms, you have to you have to prepare for the unexpected. And, you know, how do you do that? You know, how can you prepare for something that you don't know is going to come? But we were told it's coming. He didn't say what kind of storm. He just said trials and tribulations, they're going to (laughs) come. Yeah. You know, and the storms that come is just just so devastating. When you look at the floods in Iowa, and, you know, it came all the way down the, um, the Mississippi River. You know, I talk with people who are in Iowa quite frequently, you know, and all of, the, all of them said, well, you know, I need to get this done right quick because i got to leave because the flood is coming, you know. So they were aware that the flood was coming, but they hadn't left yet because they were trying to prepare in the storm, you know. They knew the water was coming. They knew the water was rising, you know. I talked mm-hmm. to people who said that. We got water, right? You know, right now the water is about two feet, and, you know, so it's probably like uh, knee-high, and, you know, it's not a big deal right now, but if it gets four feet, then we're going to leave, you know? So they're in two feet of water, but their house is high enough where their house isn't getting wet, but everything else is underwater, and they're still trying to function normally. How do you try to function normally when you're in a storm? That's like saying, okay, the fire is like two feet from my house, but when it hits my house, then I'm going to leave. You know, you have to come up with some type of contingency plan, some kind of some type of plan for the unexpected. You know, I tell people when you got when you have issues financially, like you know when job loss, put some money away. Stop spending your whole check. <laughs> you know, Greg, I know people who spend their entire check and then borrow money all the way up till they get paid again. And they just continue that cycle. And I always ask them, did you put $20 away? Just take $20. $20 a check, that's nothing. 
Put it in a stash box somewhere where you're not going to touch it. Get you one of those big bottles that they put water in. Throw the change in that bottle. I've been doing that now for about 10 years, well, probably better part of 15 years, where I would take money and just put it to the side and not touch it until Christmas. And right around Christmas time, I'll have like 100, 150 bucks, you know, just of money that I stashed to the side. I think the most I've ever had was about 200 bucks, you know, where I just stash money, put money to the side, change dollars. If I had a $20 bill, you know, stuff like that, I just put it to the side and forget that I had it. You know, and we need to start doing that more often because the more often you do that, you take that money and you forget it, you're not throwing that money away. You know, you see something that you want, then you say, well, hey, I got some money to the side, you know, and that's great. But you run into a situation where you need some money and now you have somewhere to go. You don't have to go to the bank and take out a loan that they're going to charge you tremendous amounts of interest on. You can go right there. And now you got the water to put out that firestorm, you know. You got the you got the, the the means to put out that storm of debt, you know. Yeah. If you're but, having problems, you know, and this is this is probably the one that everybody's gonna say, yeah, you know, you having problems in your relationship, you know. Listen, it's real simple. You need to put some time and invest some finances, time, money, whatever it needs to be, you need to invest in that relationship. If you're taking from the relationship every little thing you can take, that's no good. Because if you're not putting something in it, you're not going to get anything out. And after a while, that person that's been giving, 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 giving is going to run out because you're not putting anything back in. Mm-hmm. It's like putting gas in your car and you want to drive to Alaska. Eventually, for that car to get you there, you're going to have to put some more gas in it. You know? And so with that storm of a relationship, if you want that relationship to work, both parties have to invest some time into that relationship. It doesn't have to necessarily be finances, but it does have to it does take time. Yes. And the biggest thing that we want, we want we we live in this microwave generation where we want everything in an instant. Instant house, instant car, instant fame, instant fortune, instant friends. You know, instant kids. <laughs> you know, everything we want is instant. And we don't realize that good things not only come to those who wait, but if you work hard for something, you really appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. That's true. All right. Brian, what about storm expect? There's a, mm. there's a storm called expect. A lot of us don't really know about it because we're so stuck in uh, – dealing with the situation that we're in, that we can't expect anything to be better. When we start expecting things to get better, things will get better. Yes. It's yeah. called working your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it Greg, we have better. a caller on the line. I want to go to the caller because okay, I think they have something interesting to say. Okay. Caller from the 700 area code. Are you there? Caller, are you there? All right, maybe they're just listening into the show, and that's just fine. Yes. But, Brian, what I was saying is you have to know that things will get better. They will get better. It's just a season. It's just a, it's just a temporary thing that you're going through. Because, Brian, if you look back over your life, you had more better days than you had bad days. I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. 
I guarantee you. But it's the bad days that when we when we stop moving. That's when we stop and that's when things start happening. Our thoughts. We run we we just run wild with our thoughts when something bad happens. And then Brian, when something good is happening, we don't know how to accept it. Because oh, we're looking yes. for we're, because we're looking for something bad to happen. We don't even know how to accept the blessings that's given to us because we're just looking. Okay, I'm out of it. I'm out of the storm that I was just in, and now I was blessed with this, and now here I go. Okay, here it comes. It's coming. What are you looking for? Oh, something bad is going to happen, but they won't say it like that, Brian. Mm-hmm. But now, Brian, this is this this is one. This is another thing that I can't really understand. When a person loses their job or their home, and they're asking for another one, and they're blessed with another home, or they're blessed with a job promotion, or they're blessed with a new car. What is the one thing that they say when they're given that? What they do, Brian, a lot of times, you 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 sit and you meditate and you do all these things that you're supposed to do to get these items or whatever it is that you're asking for. And, it's, and now that it's given to you, you're excited and you're happy. First thing a lot of people do is let's go out and celebrate. And, Brian, that, that celebration sometimes consists of alcohol, some type of drugs, or sex. That didn't get you what you just got. Right. <laughs> That's almost as if you're slapping the creator in the face. I spent all this time with you bugging and aggravating you to do this and to do that. Now that it's done, I'm going to go out and spend time with the enemy. I'm going to go out and bless the enemy with what you've given me. Have you ever thought about that? And, Brian, I know you've seen it on your job. You've seen it everywhere. People are promoted. What do they do? Well, we're going to have to, we're going to take Sally out to uh, whatever restaurant to celebrate during happy hour. Okay, what do, what do you mean? Well, we're going to go out and have a couple of drinks. Those drinks didn't get her what she's got. That's not what got it there. So we need to be a little bit, we really need to be careful with how we celebrate. Sometimes, Brian, celebration can just happen between just you and someone else. It doesn't have to be with a group of people. It doesn't have to be out drinking. It doesn't have to be that way. But that's what we do. What's that, Brian? I can barely hear you. I was saying, uh, go ahead. I was, I was accidentally trying to say something. You, I didn't want to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm, yeah, you can go ahead with it. You know, I was thinking about. The situation with the uh, Broncos quarter, uh, cornerback last year when he was uh, they were out celebrating, even though they had lost in the playoffs, they were out celebrating one night after you know after the playoff loss, and he was gunned down in his limo. And I was thinking, here it is, you're celebrating something, even though you're, you're celebrating the loss, but you're celebrating the good season that you had. You're out. And you're partying, you're drinking, and everything. And then something like this happens, you know. And my heart goes out to the people, you know, that her, his family, you know, his friends and so forth, his parents, you know, because he was a young guy. He's only, I believe, about 24 years old, you know. And so you're in that situation where these these families are affected and they're impacted and, 
you know, they're hurting and everything. How do you get through a storm like that, you know? And then also, you know, I think about the other guy that played for them. He was a backup running back. I believe his name was Nash, Damian Nash, I believe. And he's having a celebrity basketball game. And while in the, in, during the basketball game, he drops down and he dies, you know. And he's, an, he's another Broncos player. So they had to deal with the loss of two of their players in the offseason, you know, just like that. You know, but more, more so, the families had to deal with that. You know, so when you have a storm that's so unexpected like that, you know, like a flash flood or like a tornado that just touches down, I can tell you how, Brad, I can tell you how you come out of that. When something like that happens, love, storm love comes in. Did you see how the people in this country and other countries pull together for Hurricane Katrina? Did you see how the people in Denver pull together for those athletes? Now, we may not have seen it on television, but I bet you that family can tell you. When you lose someone, if you've lost someone in your family, a loved one, and you're grieving and people are coming to see you, it, it, it does something to you because a lot of times, Brian, you can see the real love in them. And that's why we were all created. Brian, we were all created for each other to help one another. Right. It, it shouldn't be a 911 that this country comes together. It, it should be that way all the time. Oh, I totally agree. And, and it's very funny how, and I'm going to say this, a lot of people may not agree with me, but that's okay. It's it's funny how prayer was taken out of the schools and out of the workplace. But when 911 happened, what did we go back to? <laughs> they had a day, a, a, a certain time of the, of the day that everybody in this country was to pray. Now, is that a slap in the face or what? You know, I think they what what happened in that situation is they just understood how to get back what they lost. Okay, now that we have it back, where are we? Well, now where, we're back to not doing it anymore. Where, 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 where's where's the prayer? Mm-hmm. Where 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 is it? You know, and that that brings up another important point about you know when storm is revealed to you when you when you have that storm of life and it's revealed to you and you've gone through the storm. You have to remember that storm because those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. That's right. You know, and so you have to operate like that storm is somewhere, it's waiting, and I'm ready. I'm prepared now. And, oh, you want to know about this storm? Let me tell you about this storm so that you don't face the same trials and the tribulations and the problems and the issues that I faced. And so often we don't share our experiences with people. I agree with you about the transparency on that. We do. Like someone that has gone through something ugly, they they, they can tell when another person is going through that same thing, Brian. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they won't say a word because they're ashamed of the storm that they were in. Right. But their their testimony can be, a solution to someone that's going through it. Because when you're in that storm, Brian, I don't care what nobody says. When you're in that storm, you you feel like you're in it by yourself and you feel like no one else 
will understand. But if a person has been through that storm, they are qualified to talk about that storm to someone else. Uh-huh. But if that person has never been through that storm, there's no connection. That they, that you can't connect with that person. Did you go through that storm when you try to talk to them? They'll know by the words that you choose and how you tell it. They'll That's know. That's right. That's right. You know, it, know, it's funny you say that because when you talk to kids, like, you know, I go out there, and, you know, Greg and I, we talk to uh, you here in the, all around, and uh, we talk to them about the importance of making healthy choices and wise decisions. And I can remember a moment when I was transparent about uh, my alcoholism. You know, when I was younger and I was just getting out of college, I was a complete alcoholic, lush, drunk, whatever you want to call it. That was me. And it wasn't a week that I wasn't literally just flat out with alcohol poisoning. That's how much I used to drink. Wow. You know, and it was every week, every day, just about every single day. If I didn't have a drink, it was because there weren't any drinks around. And I used to party five days a week. And when I didn't party, we'd party at the house. The two days that they didn't have an actual club open, we'd party at the house. And when I tell people about my past experience of, you know, being an alcoholic, and, you know, now I'm sober, been sober for about close to seven years now, and, you know, I can truly say that I've only taken a drink maybe three times since I declared that I was going to be sober, you know, Mm-hmm. and none of them were to the point where I would get completely drunk or whatever, you know, but I just stopped cold turkey. And that wasn't an easy thing to do, but it was something that I decided, and I made up my mind, you know, and I want to say that. I made up my mind. And see, a lot of the problems that people go through, it's all in their mind, and it's because other people are not transparent and sharing with them their experiences yeah. that, these other people can't get through it, you know. But I'm talking to these kids, and I'm telling them how I used to drink alcohol. And, you know, we're all laughing and joking around, and then I got real serious with them. I said, you know, I had a friend who had uh, alcohol poisoning, and he ended up in a wheelchair. And they all got quiet, and they're like, whoa, what happened, what happened? I said, well, he drank so much that his kidneys failed. And he had to go on dialysis, and he was sick, and he couldn't walk, and he was in a wheelchair, you know. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, he was fine. He was all right. He He had actually gotten shot, and he was paralyzed for a little while. And while he was paralyzed, you know, he got real down, and he started drinking. So he was actually able to walk again, but the drinking caused him, caused his injuries to get worse and worse and worse. And so he ended up in a wheelchair. You know, and he was only a couple months older than I am, and he died a couple years ago. I think he died at age 33, you know, about, about close to three years ago he died, you know. And uh, when they told me he died, I'm like, well, what happened? Did he get shot again? They said, no, he died from his injuries, but he really died from alcohol because he would drink himself literally to a point where he would just pass out, you know. And that was a wake-up call for me to to say, I can't go back down that road of drinking. You know, because there were times where he stopped, you know, I ain't drinking no more, I ain't drinking no more. Then he'd start up drinking again, 
and then it'd be something casual a little bit here and there, and then it'd get worse and worse and worse, mm-hmm. you know. But the thing is, when I talk to these kids and I tell them about my experiences, they feel like, wow, but look at you. You're successful. You you have a good job. You have a good family. You're, you go to church, and you don't drink, and we never knew you drank. We can't believe it. Most of them say they can't believe that. And I said, well, you can't believe it because you see the product of my obedience, of not drinking. You know, you see the product of me deciding and making up my mind to do positive things. You don't see the results that it wreaked on my body personally. You know, you don't see the results of that yet. And I probably don't see all the results yet. Although I have lost a step. I'll just say that. I have lost a step. I lost a step on the field. I'll admit it. You know, I'm not as fast as I used to be. You know, I don't recover as fast as I used to. You know, and I truly believe that that's a result of my my past behavior. Mm. You know, and so I try to tell people about the storm that I went through. That was a storm in my life, and I didn't even realize it. I'll tell you what, Brian, I, I, I dealt with, you know, my storm. My my, my brothers from the baby and my oldest brother was killed when I was about five or six. Well, I know I was actually seven, actually. And I lost another brother 20 years later. And I had this thing about people getting close to me. I, I just didn't let anybody get close to me. You, you just couldn't do it. I was always pretty much by myself. And I had to learn how to accept love from others because I was so afraid that as soon as they got close to me that something would happen to them that that they would even die or whatever. And I had to deal with that for a long time. But we all need love. All of us need love. So and when I share that with the kids, a lot of them, Brian, have been hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is so hard for a child. They've been hurt. They'll go into a shell and they won't say anything. And, Brian, kids are great actors. They can hide pain. They can hide things from you, but they can't hide it from a person that's been through what they're going through. You can see it. I could tell when when I start talking with one of the kids and I start getting close to him, he would he would get all get you know he's happy. He's in the conversation, and all of, all of a sudden he backs up. Not literally back up, but the conversation will come to an end, and he'll cut it off. And that, and that let me know at that point when I knew, when I started talking to him, I said, you know what, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to let other people love you. It's okay. Next thing that he said to me, Brian, was, I've been hurt so much that I don't trust anybody. Uh-huh. Brian, when a person is turning down love, something is wrong. You know, There's Greg, I agree. Yeah, I think a lot of times... We turn it down because it's, we're not familiar with it. Yes. It's like when you're giving somebody some, a, a, a specialty dish and they've never heard of it before, they don't know what it is, and they don't even like the way it sounds. You know, they're like, I'm not eating that. You know, I don't know what that is. What is that? Right. You know, and so they get to the point where they're not comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you putting them in a position or someone putting them in a position where they're not used to having that. See, when somebody's been abused, 
they're not used to not being abused. Right. When they've been abused for a long time, they're not used to not being abused because if they've allowed the abuse to go on for a certain amount of time, they've gotten comfortable with it. Because somebody that does not want to be abused and they're tired of being abused is not going to let you abuse them. That's true. You know? But if there's somebody that hasn't been abused before and they get abused, they're not happy with that. They're, hey, wait a minute. You're abusing me. You know, that's the mindset that comes you know comes across. Brian, they're not going to allow you to abuse them. Brian, there's another storm out there. Storm temptation. Mm. Storm temptation. We all have it. At some point, we've, we've, we've just given in to it so many times, and every time we say, you know, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to do that again. See, temptation, storm temptation is, is something that is very tricky. See, temptation sometimes will hide for years and won't show its face. Without you even thinking about it or knowing it, Brian, it'll pop up. Mm. It will pop up. It'll pop up on you. Storm temptation is nothing to play with. We have to learn to stay away from that storm. And, Brian, that's something that you see with the rich people. You would think they have enough money to stop the crack use or the, the marijuana or the cocaine or whatever drugs they're using that they could just buy it and make it stop. Temptation is stronger than money. <sighs> Temptation is much stronger than money. You know what, Greg? That that just the 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 thought of a volcano entered my mind when you start talking about that that storm of drugs. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that lurks deep in the underbelly of a person, and it bubbles up over time. And once you get hooked on something like that, there's going to be an eruption. It's always, you, some, something's going to give. And, Brian, the thing about temptation, storm temptation, see, storm temptation won't come at you with anything. Like with me, I've never drank before. So storm temptation is not going to come to me with alcohol. It's not going to do that. It's, it's going to bring whatever my weakness is, that's what the temptation is going to attack. Yes. If a man's weakness is a woman, that's what it's going to bring. It's not going to bring him cigarettes, and if he don't smoke, he wouldn't right. even recognize it. And, Brian, storm temptation can be little things, but they're so deadly and powerful. And I'll say like one, a coral snake. I, I, I'll <laughs> say one, Brian, and I, and I want you to comment on it. Storm gossip. You know Storm. what? <laughs> there are a lot of little things that have been said that have caused a whole lot of big fights. Storm. <laughs> Brian. Storm gossip is powerful. Storm negativity is even worse. Because storm negativity will affect everybody in its environment. Yeah. If you stay in it and listen to it, you don't even have to participate in it. Just listening to it, it's going to take root. Whether you want it to or not, it's going to take root. So the best thing to do is to run, 
flee that area, get rid of those people in your lives that are causing you negativity that that they don't they they can't see or do the things that you want to try to do and see. You need to find new friends. I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's family. Sometimes we got to cut family loose. But Brian, again, I, I go back and I say this. We're just so used to being around them that we don't think that they're causing us any damage. They're just talking. Uh-huh. They're not going to hurt you. That's just, oh, don't pay her any attention. The damage is already done because you sat there and you listened to it. Where are you in your life right now? Brian, look at the five people around you. Uh-huh. The five people that you're most the, the closer to than anything. Look at those people and evaluate your life and see where you are. I guarantee the five of you are pretty much on the same level. Mm-hmm. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? It's a question. Ah. Because of change, because of change, we're so afraid of change. We're so afraid of not knowing what's going to happen. Well, how your dreams are going to happen if you're if you're not going to go after them? Right. You know, I can remember when we talked with the Bailey sisters. Hallie and Chloe. Yes, and I believe it was Hallie who said, don't follow your dreams, chase your dreams. Yes. You know, and that was just so, just awesome. I mean, it blew me away. And I think, how how old is she, like seven or eight? She is, I think she's the older one. I can't remember exactly. She she may be nine or ten. She's nine. Yes. And, you know, I'm thinking, here's a nine-year-old telling a grown man not to follow, you know, his dreams, but to chase his dreams. And I'm thinking of, you know, there's a big difference in following and chasing. You know, but here was a child that was already understanding the concept of weathering a storm. You know, I always, when when I go... Uh, on long trips and I'm driving, you know, it, uh, every now and then you'll have rain coming through. You know, any, any trip you go on, you're going to have rain somewhere, especially if it's a long trip. Mm-hmm. And so it was just funny to me that I learned that you never pull on the side of the road when it's raining. And I was like, but what if you can't see? They say, just follow the white line. You never want to pull over because you'll stay in that storm the whole time and you won't gain any ground. So basically, but if you keep on going, you know, you may, huh? Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. So what you're saying is when you're in the middle of the storm, don't stop. Don't stop. (laughs) You know, and I didn't understand that at first until I went through a, I don't know what it was like. This cloud came out of nowhere. It blew over us, and it dropped a ton of rain on us where I could not see my headlights, but I could see those lines in the road. And my wife was like, are you going to stop? Because we can't see. I was like, I see the lines in the road. I'm only going 50 miles an hour, but I'm not going to stop. And eventually, about maybe 10 minutes later, I mean, this was like 10 minutes of absolute torrential downpour it looked like somebody was just standing there with a water hose spraying my window Brian we got another alert coming through there's another storm out there 
It's called Storm Opinion. <laughs> Storm Opinion is the cheapest thing in the world. The value of an opinion is the cheapest thing that you can have, and brand is even free. They can't even give it away. Wow. It's so free, but it's so deadly because everyone, we all have them, Brian. But why do we allow others' opinions to dictate our future? We allow other people's opinion to talk as loud as our dreams and our goals. Mm-hmm. Storm opinion. It can either come for good or it can come for bad, meaning destruction. So many dreams, so many goals, Brian, so many wonderful ideas that ne- have never been opinion sent that to the grave with that person because that person was listening to Storm Opinion. Mm-hmm. And Storm Opinion told him, what makes you think you can do this? You can't do that. Storm Opinion. Well, I've never seen that done, Brian. Why? What makes you think you can do that? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, Brian, Storm Opinion is, really comes in the form of a question. That's to cause doubt in you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But first, Brian, they'll give you a lecture. They may even <laughs> laugh at you. Brian, going to fam you. Nobody's ever graduated from your family in college before. What makes you think you can do that? You don't have the right to do that. Really, all I'm saying to you, Brian, is I'm afraid to do what you're doing. I'm afraid of your success. I already see it. That's why I'm jealous. Like one of our guests, I think it was Mr. Herbert, that said, a jealous person is connected to that thing that they're jealous of. Uh-huh. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Greg, I, I have one more storm that I that that I think is probably the one storm that's not necessarily a negative or a positive. It's really about what's in it. And that's the storm of revelation. You know, most people when they're when they go through a storm, I would say everybody is re- something is revealed to you when you're in a storm. You know, most storms have lightning, most storms have thunder, most storms have hail. Most storms have fire. You know, most storms have a combination of all those things. But you learn something in every storm you're in. Just like not every not every hurricane is going to cause billions of dollars of damage. Not every hurricane is going to accompany with wind and lightning and tornadoes or flooding. You know, you're not going to have that from every hurricane or every storm you're in or every tornado is not going to tear off you know, the roof of your house. That's correct. But the thing about it is you're going to learn something that you didn't know before in that storm that you can use for the next storm. You know, you're in a bad relationship. Guess what? If you went through a storm of bad relationship, you now know what you don't like about relationships. So the next one you get in, you can say, okay, this is what I don't like and what I won't tolerate in the relationship. So that that person brings it, I'm not, I don't want it. <laughs> Brian, there's another alert going on right now. 
It's called Storm Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Brian, Blog Talk Radio is connecting people all over the world. Hmm. All over the world. Anything that you want to hear, go to the Blog Talk main website. If everything that you want to talk about, someone is talking about it. But I don't know if the creators of Blog Talk Radio really understand how powerful it is for people in this country and for other countries to get on the air and say the things that they want to say. That they're giving people a voice. And you know, I can't even tell you how many people we've come in contact with. Hundreds. That that <laughs> thousands that that said. Thank you. No, no, no. It's not so much thanking us. Blog talk, blog talk is the vehicle that is driving a lot of people and helping a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, Brian, this thing is jumping. I mean, it. it this thing, I, I just see this blog talk radio blowing up. Mm-hmm. Just, it, it's going to be, uh, everybody's going to know. It's going to be a household name. Yeah. It's, the, 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 yeah, it's the, literally the, the next YouTube or the next Google. It's going to be bigger than that. <laughs> you, you're giving people a voice yeah. to talk. You're connecting people all over the world. How powerful is that? And how much does it cost? Hmm. Actually, Free. they pay you to come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the good part about it. You know, yeah. I, and I and I think the storm of blog talk, like you said, it's a positive storm. Yes, Greg, think about how many people that we've come in contact with that now have blog talk sites and, you know, do a blog talk radio show based on us interviewing them. <laughs> and so they're spreading this positive word. It's like when you have a windstorm and that windstorm actually spreads the pollen from one tree to the next. You know, or it clears the path of, you know, of an animal that's trying to get through. You know, you have positive storms as well. And I always say take a negative storm and make it into a positive storm. Yes, you can. You know, this positive, this positive storm that you have, that you, that you want to create, it begins in your mind. Brian, let me say this. We have about a minute left. Mm-hmm. To someone that's in the valley, someone that's hurting, you can come out of your situation no matter what has happened to you, no matter how deep or how low you are in that valley, you can get up. It all starts in your thinking. Everything is a thought. And when you're in that valley and you're just thinking about the valley itself, you'll stay there. But Brian, what we need to do is think about when we come out of that valley, we we keep our minds on that. We keep our focus on coming out of it. We focus in on our dreams and our goals. We write those things down and we go after them and we make up a, a commit. We must have a committed mind. No matter what, I'm not going to let go. No matter what, that molestation and that rape, you can't beat me. That death of my loved one, the great, you can't rob or take my spirit. You can't. I don't give you permission to do that. I'm going to turn my life around right now. Everybody that's listening, everybody that's, that's listening to Blog Talk and listen to us talk right now, 
You have the power to change it all. You have that power. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and we thank you, and we look forward to talking and hearing from everyone on Monday. Thank you so much. God bless. God bless. Good night.